Grimm's Fairy Tales by Jacob Grimm and Wilhelm Grimm 1812 The Robber Bridegroom There was once a miller who had one beautiful daughter, and as she was grown up, he was anxious that she would be well married and provided for. He said to himself, I will give her to the first suitable man who comes and asks for her hand. Not long after, a suitor appeared, and as he appeared to be very rich, and the miller could see nothing in him which to find fault, he betrothed his daughter to him. But the girl did not care for the man, as a girl ought to care for her betrothed husband. She did not feel that she could trust him, and she could not look at him nor think of him without an inward shudder. One day he said to her, You have not yet paid me a visit, although we have been betrothed for some time. I do not know where your house is, she answered. My house is out there in the dark forest, he said. She tried to excuse herself by saying that she would not be able to find the way thither. Her betrothed only replied, You must come and see me next Sunday. I have already invited guests for that day, and that you may not mistake that way, I will strew ashes along the path. When Sunday came and it was time for the girl to start, a feeling of dread came over her which she could not explain, and that she might be able to find her path again, she filled her pockets with peas and lentils to sprinkle on the ground as she went along. On reaching the entrance to the forest, she found the path strewed with ashes, and though she followed, throwing some peas on either side of her at every step she took. She walked the whole way until she came to the deepest, darkest part of the forest. There she saw a lonely house, looking so grim and mysterious that it did not please her at all. She stepped inside, but not a soul was to be seen, and a great silence reigned throughout. Suddenly a voice cried out, Turn back, turn back, young maiden fair! Linger not in this murderer's lair! The girl looked up and saw that the voice came from a bird hanging in a cage on the wall. Again it cried, Turn back, turn back, young maiden fair! Linger not in this murderer's lair! The girl passed on, going from room to room of the house, but they were all empty, and still she saw no one. At last she came to the cellar, and there sat a very, very old woman, who could not keep her head from shaking. Can you tell me, asked the girl, if my betrothed husband lives here? Ah, you poor child, answered the old woman. What a place for you to come to. This is a murderer's den. You think yourself a promised bride, and that your marriage will soon take place, but it is with death that you will keep your marriage feast. Look, do you see that large cauldron of water which I am obliged to keep on the fire? As soon as they have you in their power, they will kill you without mercy and cook and eat you, for they are eaters of men. If I did not take pity on you and save you, you would be lost. Thereupon the old woman led her behind a large cask which quite hid her from view. Keep as still as a mouse, she said. Do not move or speak, or it will be all over with you. Tonight, when the robbers are all asleep, we will flee together. I have long been waiting for an opportunity to escape. The words were hardly out of her mouth when the godless crew returned, dragging another young girl along with them. They were all drunk and paid no heed to her cries and lamentations. They gave her wine to drink, three glasses full, one of white wine, one of red, and one of yellow. And with that, her heart gave way and she died. Then they tore off her dainty clothing, laid her on a table, and cut her beautiful body into pieces and sprinkled salt upon it. The poor betrothed girl crouched trembling and shuddering behind the cask, for she saw what a terrible fate had been intended for her by the robbers. 
One of them now noticed a gold ring still remaining on the little finger of the murdered girl, and as he could not draw it off easily, he took a hatchet and cut off the finger. But the finger sprang into the air and fell behind the cask into the lap of the girl who was hiding there. The robber took a light and began looking for it, but he could not find it. Have you looked behind the large cask? said one of the others. But the old woman called out, Come and eat your suppers and let the thing be till tomorrow. The finger won't run away. The old woman is right, said the robbers, and they ceased looking for the finger and sat down. The old woman then mixed a sleeping draft with their wine, and before long they were all lying on the floor of the cellar, fast asleep and snoring. And as soon as the girl was assured of this, she came from behind the cask. She was obliged to step over the bodies of the sleepers who were lying close together, and every moment she was filled with renewed dread, lest she should awaken them. But God helped her so that she passed safely over them. And then she and the old woman went upstairs, opened the door, and hastened as fast as they could from the murderer's den. They found the ashes scattered by the wind, but the peas and lentils had sprouted and grown sufficiently above the ground to guide them in the moonlight along the path. All night long they walked, and it was morning before they reached the mill. Then the girl told her father all that had happened. The day came that had been fixed for the marriage. The bridegroom arrived and also a large company of guests, for the miller had taken care to invite all his friends and relations. As they sat at the feast, each guest in turn was asked to tell a tale. The bride sat still and did not say a word. And you, my love, said the bridegroom, turning to her, is there no tale you know? Tell us something. I will tell you a dream then, said the bride. I went alone through a forest and came at last to a house. Not a soul I could find within, but a bird that was hanging in a cage on the wall cried, Turn back, turn back, young maiden fair. Linger not in this murderer's lair. And again a second time it said these words. My darling, this is only a dream. I went on through the house from room to room, but they were all empty, and everything was so grim and mysterious. At last I went down to the cellar, and there sat a very, very old woman who could not keep her head still. I asked her if my betrothed lived there, and she answered, Ah, oh, you poor child, you have come to a murderer's den. Your betrothed does indeed live here, but he will kill you without mercy, and afterwards cook and eat you. My darling, this is only a dream. The old woman hid me behind a large cask, and scarcely had she done this when the robbers returned home, dragging a young girl along with them. They gave her three kinds of wine to drink, white, red, and yellow, and with that she died. My darling, this is only a dream. Then they tore off her dainty clothing, and cut her beautiful body into pieces and sprinkled salt upon it. My darling, this is only a dream. And one of the robbers saw that there was a gold ring still on her finger, and as it was difficult to draw off, he took a hatchet and cut off her finger. But the finger sprang into the air and fell behind the great cask into my lap. And here is the finger with the ring. And with these words, the bride drew forth the finger and showed it to the assembled guests. The bridegroom, who during this recital had grown deadly pale, up and tried to escape, but the guests seized him and held him fast. They delivered him to justice, and he and all his murderous band were condemned to death for their wicked deeds. The Mouse, the Bird, and the Sausage Once upon a time, a mouse, a bird, and a sausage entered into partnership and set up house together. 
For a long time all went well. They lived in great comfort and prospered so far as to be able to add considerably to their stores. The bird's duty was to fly daily into the wood and bring in fuel. The mouse fetched the water and the sausage saw to the cooking. When people are too well off, they always begin to long for something new. And so it came to pass that the bird, while out one day, met a fellow bird to whom he boastedly expatiated on the excellence of his household arrangements. But the other bird sneered at him for being a poor simpleton who did all the hard work while the other two stayed home and had a good time of it. For when the mouse had made the fire and fetched in the water, she could retire for her little room and rest until it was time to set the table. The sausage had only to watch the pot to see that the food was properly cooked and when it was near dinner time, he just threw himself into the broth or rolled in and out among the vegetables three or four times and there they were, buttered and salted and ready to be served. Then, when the bird came home and had laid aside his burden, they sat down to table and when they had finished their meal, they could sleep their fill till the following morning. And that was really a very delightful life. Influenced by those remarks, the bird next morning refused to bring in the wood, telling the others that he had been their servant long enough and had been a fool into the bargain and that it was now time to make a change and to try some other way of arranging the work. Beg and pray as the mouse and the sausage might, it was of no use. The bird remained master of the situation and the venture had to be made. They therefore drew lots and it fell to the sausage to bring in the wood, to the mouse to cook, and to the bird to fetch the water. And now what happened? The sausage started in search of wood. The bird made the fire and the mouse put on the pot. And then these two waited till the sausage returned with the fuel for the following day. But the sausage remained so long away that they became uneasy and the bird flew out to meet him. He had not flown far, however, when he came across a dog who having met the sausage had regarded him as his legitimate booty and so seized and swallowed him. The bird complained to the dog of this barefaced robbery, but nothing he said was of any avail for the dog answered that he found false credentials on the sausage and that was the reason his life had been forfeited. He picked up the wood and flew sadly home and told the mouse all he had seen and heard. They were both very unhappy but agreed to make the best of things and to remain with one another. So now the bird set the table and the mouse looked after the food and wishing to prepare it in the same way as the sausage by rolling in and among the vegetables to salt and butter them, she jumped into the pot. But she stopped short long before she reached the bottom having already parted not only with her skin and hair but also with life. Presently the bird came in and wanted to serve at the dinner, but he could nowhere see the cook. In his alarm and flurry, he threw the wood here and there about the floor, called and searched, but no cook was to be found. Then some of the wood that had been carelessly thrown down caught fire and began to blaze. The bird hastened to fetch some water, but his pail fell into the well and he after it. And as he was unable to recover himself, he was drowned. Thank you for listening to Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to share our podcast with your friends. We'd also love a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you swing that way, we have a Patreon as well at patreon.com 
slash nightmare movie podcast. And however you choose to support us, we thank you.